From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 191, and today I'm sitting down with filmmaker Christopher Ware-Smets. He's made a bunch of short films, as well as a feature film, The Last Hitman, back in 2008, and he's currently in development on a bunch of other projects. This is part two in my Bruce Lee Criterion box set series. Chris and I are going to watch Enter the Dragon together, and then I come back at the end to talk through the rest of the box set. So join me with Chris as we sit down to watch a Bruce Lee film together. So we're sitting down to watch Enter the Dragon. I'm Jeremy, and I have not seen this film. Uh, I'm Chris, and I've also not seen this film. So what is your background with Bruce Lee? I was thinking about this today, and I, um, I realized I don't think I've ever seen Bruce Lee in anything, to be honest. I don't think I've seen, uh, I, I mean, maybe as a kid, episodes of The Green, Green Hornet, Hornet or yeah. something. And, I mean, obviously, Brandon Lee... I uh, loved The Crow. I loved him in The Crow. I thought he was very charismatic. But for whatever reason, uh, I... Also died too young. Bruce Lee also died very also young. Also died very right? young. And there's a whole weird mythology with that. Um, but yeah, it's strange. And I was also thinking about how, I think when I was a kid, like seeing the poster of Bruce Lee in this movie where he's like, you know, all, all bloody and in a fighting stance was something that you'd see a lot. Like kids would have it on their wall or... It'd be yeah. a rec- like, you know, the posters in a record store would be flipping through and that poster would be there or it was something you'd, you'd often like come across. But for whatever reason, yeah, I just never, I've just never watched it. Yeah, it's fascinating. Like I hadn't really, because he didn't make a ton of movies, right? Mm-hmm. Before he died. Like he became, he was in, well, that's not true. He was in a bunch of stuff, but he was never really a lead until like he broke out a, a couple films before this. Like this Criterion box set really only has five films. It has a sequel to one of the films that's on it as a supplement, uh, which I'll probably include. And I'm doing this is my second part uh, of this series, and so um, the first part was the first time I'd watched through, and I kind of like get into the history of uh, of how he went from like Green Hornet to this, and it's interesting. The, the first feature he was in, where he's kind of the lead, is interesting because he's actually playing like a supporting character. That suddenly becomes the lead. Oh, really? And what was happening? It was like him and this other guy. They were almost auditioning to see who's more, who's better in the movie. And then eventually, they they were gonna kill one of them off. Yeah. And so the other guy suddenly dies. And so all of a sudden, it becomes his movie, his character. But was the plan it could go either way? It could have gone one other way. <laughs> is that Fist of Fury? What is that? What I think uh, that could be the first one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's 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 an interesting movie to start watching. He's like, "Where's Bruce Lee? Why isn't? Why does he seem so tertiary?" And then all of a sudden he comes and he's full frontal. Oh wow! Uh, but it's interesting. But I I don't know. Like again, like Enter the Dragon is such is is the film as far as I know. Yeah. And we'll have to figure it out. We'll talk about it after, obviously, because I think there's two versions of the film on okay. here. There's like. And I don't know which is the one you're supposed to watch. So we'll figure that out. Oh, before. I thought the, I thought the two versions were of his last film. I thought there were different versions of that. Um, I think there's multiple versions of all of them. Oh, really? But I think there's like a theatrical cut, which nobody really considers the cut, and then there's an extended cut. So we'll okay. look up quickly, okay. which is the required viewing, <laughs> okay. and that's the one. But I think there's a difference between them of like a couple minutes. Okay. It's not like a half hour right. extended uh, extra cut. Uh, yeah, so what do you know about Enter the Dragon? I know that, uh, I believe it takes place on an island. That's more than I know. Okay, I believe there's a martial arts competition. Uh, that sound, that tracks? <laughs> yeah, uh, 
I know John Saxon is in it, the character actor who just passed away a few months ago. Okay. Um, I, God, I want to say <laughs> I might be completely out to lunch here because uh, I didn't look it up. I, I purposefully did not look it up, but I feel like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in it. Is that insane? Could I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I think any, <laughs> could, any could show up in this. I, I wouldn't mind. Like, I know nothing. Will, no, maybe it's Wilt Chamberlain. It, I don't I'm Now you're just picking random basketball random players. Random basketball players from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, but I feel there's a, there's, a, there's a basketball player in it. And I have actually seen, I will say this, a friend of mine years ago, I think he just gotten it on Laserdisc or something, and he showed me there's a very famous fight scene in this movie. So he showed me that, and that's, I think, literally all I've ever seen of, of Bruce Lee. Okay, which yeah. Seems, which seems kind of nutty. Same, like when the box set came out, I uh, I, I just knew, because my son loves these kind of things too, and we're, um, we haven't watched them yet, but I showed him the trailer for Police Story. Yeah. The Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. And he's really, he wants to watch those, so we're starting to go through all these things. Um, but I, I was shocked that I, I, I was kind of shocked and ashamed of myself for having never seen them. So I, I've been excited and interested in going through the, the first ones, and it's really interesting because it's the kind of thing that um, when you watch it, you'll see how much of a history is owed. Like, you know, without Bruce Lee, there's no Kill Bill. Right. You know, like just the style of, it, it's funny, like you're, we're going to watch this and I'm sure you're going to watch it and go, oh, it's like, yeah, like, I've seen this style of fighting before. Not necessarily this style of fighting, but it's like these kind of movies with this kind of action, but nothing like that came, was, like, this is the beginning of it, right? Yeah. Not only this, like the ones, the movies that are earlier in this set, like Way of the Dragon and the Fist of Fury, like those are the movies where you start to see Bruce Lee has this like distinct style. And he even watch out for it because he has kind of like a like a rhythm because he was a trained dancer. Okay. And so like his like moves always come in a pattern. It's like one two three or it's I can't remember the pattern. I'll, I'll know when I watch it. But it's it's very um, stylized in that way. So you know when you look at like especially uh, I think it was Way of the Dragon where it's just like you're just looking at it and you're like oh my god like all the imagery from Kill Bill is from this. Right. Uh, in terms of like the Lucy Liu character, oh really, and uh, and the end of the movie, and oh really, and, like, there's so much of it. Wow, where it's like this is, I think it's Way of the Dragon. I mentioned it on the the podcast episode I did, yeah, because it was just like watching. I'm just like you, it, every time I, I I dive further into like movies like this, I just realize how much more Tarantino steals. Sure, from <laughs> uh, everywhere, from everywhere, and that's fun. But what he, he I mean, he does his own remix of it, yeah, right? Sure, and that's kind of what his thing is. But uh, but it's fascinating. And then he put Bruce Lee in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Which I guess we can we can talk about that afterwards or sure. It's yeah. A, that's a that's a that's a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. But then in, obviously in Kill Bill two, he's got Uma Thurman dressed up like Bruce Lee in Game of Death. Basically, yellow jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. So Bruce, you know, Tarantino is a big Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess people, I mean, I guess people took issue with the way that he was portrayed in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Because they thought it was disrespectful after all these years of him paying homage to him. But I don't know. I mean... It's fun. It's fun. Have you ever watched the interview he did with Pierre Burton? That's on the old, like, 70s interview with Bruce Lee? No. He's not dissimilar from the way he's portrayed in the movie. That's I mean, just... <laughs> that's just... I, I, I bet you he had a bit of an, e an ego. Yeah. And it's fun. It's also sort of a... It's also sort of a tall tale. Yeah, in the movie, I don't think I. I, I know that people. I know that I well, his also I've taken offense, and, and I think Brad Pitt's character's not real, right? <laughs> right. So that exchange never really happened, right? It, it's also a little bit of a. I feel like it's a bit of like a Marvel Comics team up. Like, what would happen if like the Hulk fought the thing? Yeah, That's but also what, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen that movie yet, yeah. The ending, like Charles Manson, the, the ending doesn't go the way. It's like it doesn't turn. To, it's the same as the ending of Inglorious Bastards. Right. It's like he he retro engineers history to be something different. So it's like right. you can't take anything in that movie seriously. No, it's <laughs> settle the fuck down. If you, if well, that, they're just they're just showing that this guy is yeah, a badass. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. That's just it. But it's, how can we show he's a badass? Well, we'll have him like you know get one over on the greatest martial artist of you know the the twentieth century. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's just it. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Con I just think it's a Tarantino movie. They're not trying to make a biopic of it's Bruce Lee. It's not a documentary, people. No. Calm 
If that's your issue with that movie, you're doing fine. Right. But definitely watch that Pierre Burton interview. I think it's Pierre Burton. It was done like for Canadian TV back in the early 70s with, with Bruce Lee. Because it's... He, I mean, the guy who plays him in that movie really kind of nailed it in terms of uh, his look and the and his style of speech. And Oh, great. Yeah, it's okay. great. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's funny. All right, but in the meantime... Let's watch. Let's enter the dragon. And then we'll exit it again. Right? To, right. to, to do this. Like, yeah. I see I see what you did there. Yeah, thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So we just finished... Enter the dragon. We we exited the dragon. We did. Uh, wow. What? Uh, first of all, I think we were both shocked that it was in English. Oh, I wasn't shocked. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, really? Because the other ones are all subtitled. Right. Uh, well, I mean, they're dubbed if you want to watch them that way. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I, I went in and out of for fun. Yeah. But I, I tend to. I prefer. I want to hear his voice. Sure. Um, Although I think a lot of this was probably ADR'd. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's also <laughs> yeah. that. It's got yeah. that sort of spaghetti western, you know, looping quality to it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty standard for movies of that era, but also just, I think, martial arts movies, they just, that way they can move fast. There's nowhere to put yeah. a mic. Sure, exactly. Exactly, uh, you're right. They're moving around, they're, they're fighting, <laughs> it's, you know, they're putting in all the wahoo, ping, ping, yeah. uh, you know, and the hits and everything. Where to start? Um... Did you like it? Uh, oh, I guess that's a good place to start. Yeah, I, I liked it. I was very entertained. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I dug it. It was fun. It was super fun. Yeah. I, I had to keep on going, what's the story again? It, it was so... It's like a porno movie. It's just there... It really is. ...with the loosest of thread <laughs> just to, to, to string things through. Because, like, what I think... By the time he was breaking into the radio booth, I was like, why like, is he doing this he again? He forgot why he was going it's like, in like, oh, there. right. But yeah. then also, I had no idea what information he was sending. Same here. I was just like, wait a sec. Oh, he was trying to... Gather information. Girl. But he was... He was sent in. Okay, here's the thing. Here's what I understand of the plot. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Han. Yeah. Is a super bad guy. Yeah. I can't remember what it was, but and he's doing all these terrible well, it was things. Definitely, the, he's a heroin. Heroin dealer, right? He's a heroin. But they have no proof. They know, right. they know everything about his operation, but they can't prove anything. Right. And they need evidence. I didn't see a drop of heroin in this movie. <laughs> well, wasn't that the whole thing when when uh, Han takes. Uh, John Saxon down, and he's got that whole big thing. He's got the whole operation. Oh, yeah, yeah, and all the girls in the back. Yeah, and, and all, all high as fuck, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. One but scene. I mean, but Bruce Lee doesn't see that. No! <laughs> John Saxon should be radioing the guy. Yeah, but he doesn't give a shit. John, right. John Saxon just wants to leave. Right. I thought for a minute that they. That we're jumping way ahead, but for a second, I thought John Saxon was, was going to become like the. Um, like Joe Pantoliano in the Matrix or something and become like the the turncoat. Yeah. Right? But then he that doesn't happen. I no, it's I, the opposite. Yeah. He dies yeah. for the cause. He's like, no. We didn't even die, he just Oh, he dies. Saxon? No. Well, no, yeah, Jim Kelly. Oh sorry, I named Jim Jim Kelly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah. I thought that yeah. Well he, they're setting up Saxon to be that guy from the get go, right? Yeah. Like he's betting on Yeah, every he's he's really deeply in debt and he's sort of a shady character and But he's more of an anti hero. Yeah. He, but he comes around by the end. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that crazy, uh, where all of a sudden everyone's like, I guess everyone just fights now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna release these guys, everyone's gonna fight. He makes, uh, Han makes a really big point of showing how bad his guards are when he has them killed by that giant buff dude. Yeah. And then still has the same guards the next night. <laughs> There's still these, like, look at just graduated from high school. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't change up his guards because no. of that. Didn't, did not learn his lesson, Hans. That's funny. Han- Hans. So, so, <laughs> so the plot is non-existent. Well, it, you know what it really reminded me of was an early James Bond movie. Yes. It had that same sense of scale uh, where it's only like a couple of locations. It seemed like it was probably on the same budget level as those early Bonds because I just watched, went back and watched a couple in the summer. 
Yeah, but a year ago or so, I did them all in the pot. Yeah. Multiple in the pot. I watched them all through. It's funny how, like, low-key those early ones are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're... Doctor No is, like, an independent film. Well, Doctor No, I mean, this, this is... It kind of felt like a little bit of Doctor No, a little bit of uh, You Only Live Twice. You know, because Han is very Blofeld. Very Blofeld. Like, right the down cat. to the cat. Yeah. Uh, and Doctor doesn't and doesn't Doctor No have metal hands? Something like yeah. That. So there's a lot of James Bond DNA in this movie. Yeah. Well, that that, that whole the briefing sequence that he gets at the beginning too is like a very yeah. This is your mission. Should you choose to accept yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here's the here's video of these guys. You know, I'll tell you a little bit about them. Here's his henchman. It's just like, and the funny thing is. The movie doesn't even need that. Right. We just want to watch Jack... Jack... I almost said Jackie Chan. Bruce Lee just being awesome. Yeah. Which is all we're signed up for. You know, to get from fight to fight to fight. Uh, and the fights are great. Yeah. And they're incredible. Yeah. To the, to the point where it's almost like... And and I usually don't get this with older movies because the pacing is different and it's not just as cutty-cutty, but it's like... I was finding... I don't know how you get... Maybe it's an old man now. But, um, like, in those action sequences where he's just fighting, like, 30 guys, yeah. it almost puts me into, like, it almost puts me to sleep. Oh, really? Because it, I just feel like it's, it, there's no stakes to it. I know he's going to win. Yeah, yeah. Like, I found that the, that's my problem with a lot of these scenes is, like, especially because I know Bruce Lee's choreographing them. Right. Like, when he's fighting that O'Hara guy. Yeah. Who was set up at the beginning as this really badass dude. Yeah. He didn't land a punch on him. Like, that was super underwhelming. Really yeah, yeah. It was very underwhelming, that right. fight. That's interesting because as I was watching it, I kept thinking that, oh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, this is almost... In, in the same way that I, I was saying that there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of James Bond in this, I feel like if you're a few generations removed from uh, Bruce Lee's character... In End of a Dragon, you're at John Wick. Yes. Where I felt that immediately when they have that flashback uh, to his sister, and then it cuts to him at the grave, and you actually see like a, a tear, you know, or you see the no, you do you see the tear when he's hearing he when he's hearing the story, right? Yeah, because you, which is something you never would see an action hero do. Cry. Cry. Oh, Bruce Willis cried all the way through Die Hard. But in 1973, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1973, it's not something that, you know, think about the people who were yeah, 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 yeah. Know, it's action like, heroes. Right. Right? They were, it was like, it was a it lot was of... very macho. John Wayne, it was Clint Eastwood, it was guys like that. You're not going to see them crying. And, and and he just does it in a very, but he does it in a very masculine way. Like you tell, oh, this guy really loves his family, loved his sister. And yeah, he deserves his revenge. Um, and also, even like the mirror, the whole mirror sequence at the end, they do something like that in the second John Wick, right? Yeah. So it feels like there's a lot of those those elements, but I think the difference is in John Wick, you like he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Right, and it's... you do actually kind of sometimes wonder how the fights are going to go. You're right. That's an interesting point. Well, that's just it, and that's part of the problem. Is I, I find that the... Again, I enjoy the movie. I really like the yeah. like I find the fights are very one-sided. Sure. Uh, you know, there's not... I guess, you know, the guy at the end, uh, Han gets some... Um, he gets some licks in. He gets some licks yeah. He gets some slashes in. And those are the and that's the iconic image that we have of Bruce Lee. Yeah. And what's interesting, though, but it's, and the makeup job is good but also terrible because <laughs> once he, he bleeds for a second and then stops, yeah. like he's just it's that his like 0% body fat body right. just doesn't allow blood to come out past the initial <laughs> scoring. Right, right. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. Because it's just, it's just there and it, just, it sits there and glistens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what you'd want is because he would continue to pour up. If she's moving around that much, he's he's almost bleeding, gonna be bleeding out from those wounds. Right, <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. But they they stopped short, so that was a bit disappointing. The uh, the, the the makeup job, but again, nineteen seventy three, and that's not what we're signed up for. No, they're going for something that's that's more iconic. I think they're going they're just going for something that's purely visual. Yeah. 
What happens when you win this tournament? I don't know. Was there money? <laughs> Something? More women? More threw, women? They threw you, more women at you? There was you? like nothing but a smorgasbord of women. <laughs> yeah. For, especially for Jim Kelly. Not sure. Jim Kelly. It was Yeah, Jim Kelly. Yeah. Who's like, oh, her, 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 and her. <laughs> he had like seven women in his room. Yeah. And then Saxon was just like, no, I want the I want the madam. And what happened? I didn't really... Did we ever, ever see her fighting at the oh, end? Oh, no. She was just she, dead. She's just dead. Yeah. She's like, oh, by the way, it was kind of <laughs> like the end of the last Harry Potter... <laughs> When it's like you you walk through right. like the, the great hall and it's like oh yeah lavender brown also got taken by the werewolf yeah she's yeah, over yeah. there in the corner yeah, yeah it's like we didn't have time to show that uh, story point yeah like, oh. it's scene deleted yeah yeah isn't that also female yeah. character we don't give a fuck about right this, isn't that the same thing happens to like Tonks and uh, yeah yeah but that also they're, they're, to, lying, they're all lying without dead in the spoilers book. to Harry Potter. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, but to, to the credit of J.K. Rowling, she also does that in the book. That's what I'm saying. Which I kind of dug. Sure. That it's just like because it's like yeah, there's a point of view to this movie. Yeah. We we didn't need to see that scene. Uh, that said, it's like because of the extreme lack of female characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Other than the sister, who was a pretty cool fighter. Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah. The problem with, I have with that is like it's completely undercut the moment he fights Bruce Lee and doesn't get a lick in. It shows how shitty right. the sister must have been right. if this guy destroyed her. Or, or she killed herself before he even touched her. Because you right. have to assume because he was so tough. Right. But they made a really big deal on how tough this guy was. And then he took her, him out pretty... Yeah, you'd almost kind of want keep that O'Hara alive a little longer. Though. You would have expected the way they set him up for him to yeah, be you're like right. the second big bad. <laughs> you're right. Or even like to be the final the final boss because he really was the one who was I was not expecting there. Han to be no. good at martial arts until no. but that's what's great because that's a big shock when he kills Jim Kelly. Yeah. I was totally shocked. I wasn't expecting that. No. I thought oh he's going to come back he's going to be really badly wounded or something but I didn't think he was knock him off. Yeah. Well, I guess he knew too much. Yeah, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. What, why, why go fight in this tournament? It seems like a bad idea. It seems like a terrible idea. Like, is it bragging rights? Well, they're all, I guess they're all... Well, he's not really running. Oh, he's, well, he's running from something. He's running from the cops. Right? Because yeah, so it's almost like... It's they're all, they all have their reasons. But the thing is, at the beginning of the movie, the guy that sends Bruce Lee off to do this says, you've already entered this tournament. Right. Why is Bruce Lee in this tournament with all these bad people right because he seemed to be a legit teacher wherever he yeah, was yeah. in the world yeah he was he kind of has this uh this yoda scene right with his with his students and that never comes scene. back the idea of don't take your eyes off the opponent oh that's true and the other thing you mentioned this and maybe this is just you know you and i having read too many screenwriting books but but uh uh john saxon has the Oh yeah! All these suitcases. Like 30 suitcases. And you're like, oh, that's gonna come back. I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to see what's in his suitcases. And then never, it's never mentioned again. I guess it's a lot of clothes. They're just setting. But did he? He only ever wore that dojo. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did he have all the suitcases? The white thing. What did he? I was waiting for some like badass thing to be assembled from the suitcases. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck was in the suitcases? <laughs> that's something to steal for another movie then. Yeah, right. and the only the, the only it, it's paid off yeah. only in a joke when Jim Kelly's like, "Oh, traveling first class, ha ha ha," and then yeah. first class, and they laugh about it, and that's it. Yeah, that's the only way it's ever referenced. Maybe it's everything he's bringing with him because he's on the run. I don't know. I get you I think you'd buy a trunk <laughs> or or put it in storage. Like yeah. you don't need to bring it all with you. Apparently, but yeah. apparently, that's a man who lives out of his suitcases. Yeah. He's like 30 suitcases. <laughs> he didn't even need them. It's meant to be funny, right? Like, I, I guess, but it, I mean, I wouldn't have even thought about it if you hadn't mentioned it. I was, I, I got really excited at that point. <laughs> I was like, well, what's he going to do with these suitcases? Well, it's just because they made a point yeah, a couple did. times. No, that you're sh- right. Like, they had the, the rickshaws and then, like, the boats. Yeah. Oh, that was a great moment when that other random guy who looked like John Saxon... Uh, wanted to fight Bruce Lee and they're like we'll oh, go the, over the, we'll the go. New Zealand guy yeah he's like we'll go to that island over there he's like yeah. great and he gets him in the boat and then he just lets him drift away a little bit and yeah. that's his punishment yeah I love that he like uh, it's interesting right because you've set him up a little bit with that scene with his student and then with the guy on the boat where 
there's a side to Bruce Lee's character uh, where he's almost like using people's expectations against themselves. Yeah. He's like using that guy's ego against himself to, to set him adrift. But you don't really see it that much once he gets to the island. Like, I almost wanted to see it. More, more of that. A more of a mix of that of that that cleverness with the with the amazing ability that he has. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because it was. I kept thinking this is very. This is a very sort of Empire Strikes Back, you know, scene. And he never that never really surfaces again. No. Nope. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, what? Uh, so your first Bruce Lee. Yeah, I liked it, uh, but but it's funny what you say about his, uh, you know, his sort of um, uh, invulnerable quality. Because remember you and and you mentioned you know sort of by accident Jackie Chan, but it, it's a good point of comparison. Because I remember years ago talking to a friend of mine, like after you know when Jackie Chan started um, really breaking through in North America, like after he, like Rumble in the Bronx was released here and started doing the Rush Hour movies. And, you know, my friend was was talking to me about how Jackie Chan's whole uh, approach when he started was, was he loved and idolized Bruce Lee, but his whole thing was whatever Bruce Lee did, instead of copying him, I would do the opposite. So if Bruce Lee has a, this, you know, stone face when he gets hit, or, or when, he, when he hits somebody, when I hit somebody... Then I want to pull my hand away and like show that I'm in, that it hurt to hit that guy, you know, and and that's I think the difference. The sort that's, of like, and that's what I love about Jackie Chan sure. because he comes off as a human, yeah, you know, where Bruce Lee is like a bit of a machine, yeah. to some extent. Like that, and Bruce, Jackie Chan is also, I mean, he's also an amazing filmmaker in his own right. The mm-hmm. way, just the way, if you study, like I have, the way he just frames things and does, and you look at the difference between his. His Eastern movies versus his Western movies, and just the way the fights are shot. You know, he they're they're far more choreographed and holding these long shots where so much is happening in the stuff is 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 Hong Kong movies, and then you look at the stuff done in the States, and it's just it's typical cutty cutty action. Yeah, where you're not really seeing the stuff done. Where his his whole philosophy and approach is like, I want to see everything happening in the same shot. I want to see the punch and then the hit the hit the ground because that's how you know it's real. Yeah. You know, and so whenever I shoot action and comedy, I like to, I kind of, he's my main visual reference is, is how Jack oh, really? Do. Yeah. Because yeah. if you, st- if you look at those things, like he just holds these shots it's, and you watch it, it's insane because you're seeing it, it's happening. Whatever is happening on screen yeah. is happening. Uh, and that's always my argument where I'm like, I want to see, like when we did in Go-Getters, he, when Aaron gets hit by the car, I'm like, I want to see. The car hit him, and him landing on the ground in the same shot. I don't want to cut to like the ground, and him landing on it. I'm, I know that's fake. Yeah, I want to see it all happen in one shot. Same as in Jane versus Future Self, when Jonas jumps from the the um, dumpster and lands on the ground. I'm like, I want to see him land on the ground <laughs> in the wide shot. Right. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. To me. Well, how did you? Well, you can cut this part out if you don't want to use it. But how did you do that thing with Aaron when he gets hit by the? The car and go-getters. Uh, cables. Okay. Yeah, when we painted them out afterwards. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a cable wire gag. It's our one gag in the movie. It for, is, for a it movie is of much that, funnier. For a movie of that budget level, we should never have been able to get away with a, with like a pretty... Co- but we, and we spent half a day doing that one shot. Wow. You know, because we had to choreograph the way the, the speed of the car and where it landed and where it was bent to have hit him versus where it's thrown into... Just getting the timing of like where they would pull, uh, it was a stunt double. It's not really Aaron. Yeah, because the guy goes flying through the air. Right. Um, right. And uh, and so we had it took a while, but we we planned actually we did it in two takes, I think, and we had planned to we actually it took us less time, but we had set aside half a day to do it. Right. And for me, it was like I want to do this. I want this is my one gag in the movie that I'm going to do a big. Yeah. And, uh, Make it memorable. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. But it's like, I want to do it. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it properly. We're not going to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kept on wanting to do like a barrel roll. Like, let's do a barrel roll of the car. I mean, everyone does a barrel roll of the car. I want to do... Yeah. I want the car to hit him and he gets thrown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funnier that way. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. He's not a cop. No, but there's a really great... Um, I don't know if you ever watched the Every Frame of Painting. That 
YouTube.com. Sure, I've seen some of those, like the yeah, Spielberg ones. He does a really great one on Jackie Chan. Oh, really? In comedy, action comedy, yeah. Oh, I'll watch that. Yeah, and he referenced, and Edgar Wright's in there too, talking about just like the framing of it and how they they do, you know, they they, they hold the shot because of that there's extra comedy in it. I just rewatched uh, for Halloween um, Shaun of the Dead with my son for the first mm-hmm, time, mm-hmm. Uh, and he was just riveted by it. Uh, and it was just watching that. I was just so impressed by Edgar Wright's visual flair, as a, as a, particularly as a comedic yeah. director. Um, the long, I, the long shots, and the long shots. But even just like it's funny. Um, I think I'm in the minority, but I really dug Baby Driver for what it was. I did too. Um, but I forgot that he had done like a very similar kind of sequence with music. Oh, with Queen, with the yeah. Queen song. Sure, yeah. I totally forgot yeah, about that absolutely. bit. It's a dry run. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it is because yeah. he's doing it right to the rhythm mm-hmm. of uh, of that song of, the, of um, "Don't Stop Me Now." Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great, um, but I, I totally forgot it was in there. Yeah, what? Else? It's, uh, so I, it's funny. Like I I enjoy this movie for entertainment, but it's 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 got. I mean, I think for what it is and what it's doing, and 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 hitting like the kind of like tropes of of Bruce Lee and what he does so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love and like, like we said like all these things have been inspired like Jackie Chan and those kind of things so it's like you don't necessarily get Jackie Chan without Bruce Lee yeah there's a lot of right? things you don't get without this movie but you can see like I I you know the things that hold it back for me from being like a great great film are all those things we've been critiquing like the mm-hmm. just like the the wasted storyline the uh, you know it just doesn't it's just ludicrous and doesn't make sense and so. They just need a vehicle for for Bruce Lee to just hit stuff and, yeah. and be awesome. Yeah, be at a tournament where your job is to fight people all the time. Oh, and also get this information. Yeah, but it's like that's not enough. He you has get... to be a supervillain. <laughs> but we don't need enough information with a supervillain to like warrant a real story or plot or character development. It's just so that way the stakes are higher, I guess. I guess. I mean, I like... That element, and again, like you made a joke in there about Austin Powers, and I really feel like it's sort of, it's coming at the tail end of all that sort of like 60s spy stuff, so that's in there, but then you have Jim Kelly, and the way that Lalo Schifrin writes the theme, it almost sounds like Shaft, like there's elements of black exploitation that are bleeding in there too, because of course like, you know, the African American community has always really embraced like martial arts movies, and yeah, you know, kung fu movies, um... So there's an, a lot of interesting sort of cross-pollination going on. Like, they're really trying to make it... Like, it's, it goes with what you were saying about being surprised that it was in English. Like, they're almost trying to introduce these elements that are very, like, uh, Western. Yeah. You know, these very American elements to it. Yeah, well, it's pretty... Like, if you look at the producers and the writers, they're all... And the director, they're all white they're all American white dudes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Although Robert... I think Robert Richard Klaus, he directed some of the earlier ones, too. So he was oh, he, a, he was yeah. already a... I think so. Or maybe he just did all the ones after. Anyway, he's a frequent collaborator of Bruce Lee's okay. in the directing chair. So, uh, But still, yeah, it, it's a bunch of Western guys making an Eastern movie. Right. Uh, but, I mean... Bruce Lee, I mean, he was a guy who'd lived in L.A. for quite a long time at that point, right? Yeah, but yeah. he, and he went, and the, the irony is he, the only, and he had basically given up on trying to be a star in America, and went, went back, back Hong Kong. and then made the Hong Kong movies, and that brought him back, and that finally, like, blew him up enough so that he could do a movie like this yeah. here, mm-hmm. uh, in North America, but then, you know, he only gets a couple films, and he's gone. Yeah. He doesn't quite get to enjoy the run he would have had because I'm sure he would have had you know a Jackie Chan esque career. Well, watching this, I almost wondered if you know down the line he would have done another uh, movie with this character. Oh, I'm sure. Right. Given the popular, do we know if there were ever plans for that? Do you know anything about that? We can look it up to the internet. Yeah, um, I seems, can only it, imagine. It, it seems like. Well, they like made it, a Games of Death too. Okay. Which is the next film I'm going to watch in this series. But, uh, uh, so I assume that there was... I mean, given the popularity of this... Yeah, I can't imagine. Because it does, it does feel like, you know, the first in a series. It really did make me think of Dr. No. I'm just trying to see. Is mm-hmm. there an Enter the Dragon sequel? Well, there's not. 
Was Bill returned? Well, there wouldn't have been a sequel, but but were there plans before he died to do something? Uh oh. Well, when they re- it's interesting. Uh, they used the way of the dragon, which was before, uh-huh. uh, as an unofficial sequel. When they brought it over here, they called it Return of the Dragon. Oh, here to kind of cash in on. So it was it was shot before this. Well, it's a totally different movie, totally different character. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, maybe not. Maybe it's the same name. I don't know, but they. Uh, it looks like. They tried to uh, get away with uh, <laughs> with implying cashing that in on how successful it was yeah. by and he's in that yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. his movie okay and it's but it was shot previous to this yeah okay it was nineteen seventy two so okay. this is seventy four three three yeah so yeah it was the one right before this but it looks like in in here they re released it with a new title Return Got it. so it sounds Got like it. so it made it feel like an Enter the Dragon the classic kind of seventies drive in approach to. Let's retitle it when we get to the to the Midwest. Yeah, we already got this movie in the can. <laughs> Do they want a sequel? Done. Yeah. Or it's a little bit like with the, uh, you know, the 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 Dollars trilogy with the American name is sort of always a different character. Yeah. Right. But he's because it's Eastwood. He's sent. It's into. Is he supposed to be a different character? Well, he's got different names in every movie. He's like Goldie and. But they all just feel like nicknames. I guess so. I guess different people nickname different things. It's it's sort of like a very loose. Yeah. No, it's not like this where they're trying to you know fake you out with a with a you know a previously shot film as a as a sequel. Not trying. That's what they're doing. <laughs> well, yeah. But it, I don't. But I mean, I don't. I, I guess it wasn't as successful because I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't really aware of it. Yeah, so. I'm sure people that are fans are... are it's it's people fine. People are probably yelling right now listening to this. Yeah. It's, I think it's actually fun that I don't know, that we don't know that much about it, because it's, it's, I don't know, it really, like, it truly is a black hole for me. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed, like, I, I've, I've dug into, but I've been waiting on, I want to finish the movies and then dive back into all the documentaries yeah. and supplements that are on the Criterion disc. I'm sure there's so much good stuff on there. Yeah, it's, it's littered with documentaries, and there's, I think this movie... Itself has like six audio commentaries uh, from various people. Wow! Some of the other cast, I'm sure. I can only imagine some of the stories from set about him. Oh, it must, that must be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna check. I think my uh, part of my lunchtime viewing tomorrow will be uh, watching the doc. That's cool. That's uh, that's about this movie. Now, are you are you someone who enjoys martial arts films in general? Like, what have you? I like Other everything. Other than Jackie Chan, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I prefer, you know, for my own purposes, I prefer Jackie Chan to Bruce Lee. Right. Just because of the comedic element and because I think the storytelling's stronger and he feels like he's playing a character. Yeah. As opposed to just, like, a machine. Yeah. You know, I don't think Bruce Lee is the best actor. Right. Where uh, I look at Jackie Chan and I think he's the whole package. Sure. I, I look at his, like, his comedy is very smart. Uh, the way he's doing stuff is just kind of next level yeah. brilliant in terms of what it is. And I think Bruce Lee, but I think Bruce Lee, it's it's hard to discount Bruce Lee because he originated all of that. And just the way his fighting style, he made uniquely his own. He's not an, a student of any one specific discipline that he's carrying over. He's creating his own style. And so, you know, you need him to get to Jackie Chan, but I think just for my own personal tastes... I uh, you know I kind of prefer that, and I I haven't started it yet, but I've watched the the first one, the the Zatochi, Zatoichi, the blind swordsman. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I've always said it wrong. Zatoichi. Yeah, Uh, the blind swordsman. I've seen the the first one on the Criterion Channel. I picked up the box set last year. Yeah, and I have there's twenty five in there, so I'm gonna slowly start diving into those. And I really and again that was very character based. And you and you said you liked the first one a lot. I loved the first one. Yeah, yeah I, I wasn't gonna invest in the box set unless I, I liked the first one a lot. Yeah, that's cool. And I really, really loved the first one. Oh, I need to watch it. As far as I know, it's still on the Criterion Channel. Yeah, I think they all are. There's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. Good martial arts stuff on the Criterion Channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's funny because martial arts is a genre that I always enjoy, but I have. But I. I, I mean, think I was thinking about it on the way over here, and I don't think that I've necessarily watched a ton that a ton but i always i always like them they're always like really fun i mean it's similar to me i'm like it's yeah. the kind of thing if it's on or someone suggests it i'm like i'm game yeah but it's not the kind of thing i necessarily seek out myself 
But, you know, in the effort to just kind of continue to fill all my black holes. And when Criterion puts out a set like this, it's hard to resist Yeah, it. for sure. Um, I do remember years ago, like, seeing a double bill of, uh, of uh, Jet Li's Once Upon a Time in China movies. Okay. Yeah, one and two, which are, I mean, great. He's I, haven't, pretty... I haven't seen those either. Oh, they're, they're pretty... And that's, that's more about the later Hong Kong stuff, so I believe there's a lot more wire work yeah. in those. That might even be like a... Like a um, what's the is is it Wu Ping? Is it the guy who does the action choreography? Who who for the Matrix? And, th- yeah, 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 yeah. So I, 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 and I, and again, someone's probably screaming and tearing their hair out. They're driving their car off the road listening to this right now. But but I believe I believe that that uh, somebody from that from that you know uh, world action choreography dynasty is working on those films. Or like there's another one that I remember seeing years ago called Iron Monkey with. Donnie Yen, which is a really fun. Yep, uh, I haven't seen it. Right that's a movie. really fun yeah. movie. But again, like you, well, the, what's cool about all those movies is that they're all they're kind of set in the past. You yeah. Know? Whereas whereas this and the Jackie Chan ones are always very present day. Although with Drunken Master, those are more. I haven't seen Drunken oh, Master. Really? Okay, uh, that's one of the yeah. There's a couple that I feel I'm... like those are set. You know. In a, in, in, that in one a, feels in like it's it's old. It, it, I think it, it is. Yeah, yeah. But be. but often, uh, Jackie Chan's movies are very are, are contemporary. Contemporary. Yeah. yeah, like his police story movies and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I just need. It was one of those things where it's like I I was kind of embarrassed to admit that I had never seen particularly Enter the Dragon. Sure. But any Bruce Lee movies, I think I had to realize that I'm like I don't think I've seen a single one. Yeah, it's just, it's a little, but it, it it's cool to fill that hole. Yeah, that it definitely is a, is a cool black hole to fill because it does feel so iconic. Yeah, and also um, uh, elemental, right? Because you again, like we're looking at it, and we're we're sort we're seeing all the things it's drawing from, and all the things that are drawing from it, and drawing from what Bruce Lee's doing. Uh, so it's kind of it's really an important movie to see if you love action cinema yeah and you want to go back to the origins of it yeah yeah exactly like like we were saying I think I think um, I, I mentioned this in the first episode too but it's like we talk, we went through like the list I did this with um, uh, Jonathan Grossman and Carrie Kupix mm-hmm. from uh, Unobstructed View yeah who handle Criterion's releases in Canada and uh, and we were talking about how it's how much you know a debt is owed to basically any action film mm-hmm. uh and, and you look at all the big giant, like the Marvel movies, all the, you know, Star Wars, everything like that, you know, that they owe a debt to, you know, a guy like Bruce Lee. Yeah. Yeah, there's other stuff coming out of, you know, samurai films and all that kind of stuff, too. But in terms of, like, the modern day fighting style, like, this this is the origins. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking that in terms of, if you were comparing it to to rock music, like, Bruce Lee would be Chuck Berry or something. Where he's doing something that's like very, uh, very stripped down, very direct, uh, and it's and it's in a very recognizable, uh, it, with a very recognizable imprint. But then other people are taking that, like the Beach Boys are going, oh, "Okay, I, I I like what you're doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a piece know, of that. I'll take a piece of that." To the point where they had to like credit him, right? With with uh, I think one of which I forget which song it was, but um, uh, you know, and all the different. I mean, the Beatles and. Yeah, all the filmmakers do the same thing. You know, with without um, you know Billy Wilder, you don't get Cameron Crowe. Yeah, you know, um, and without the Marx Brothers and you know Bergman, you don't get you know Woody <laughs> Allen. Right. In a weird right. way, right? Right. Like all these different, like the way that, that all these influences come together and and kind of create something new is mm-hmm. kind of how art. I think it's always worked. You know, I think we always. It's. I think some people think it as a, as a dirty thing where it's just like for someone to be an, an original. To not derive from others, but I think that's the only way you get something original. I mean, that that's Tarantino in, in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. He's just constantly, you know, doing his own version of things he loves. Yeah, uh, and that's why for me, he's kind of like he's fine as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But I haven't like, with the exception of his early earlier work, I feel like we haven't really seen a super original movie from him. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's really good at what he does, but it's all. I don't know, more or less low-hanging fruit for me. That's just my opinion. Even the last one? I'm very entertained. Yeah. I think... Well, I think... 
that the last one, what's going on in Hollywood, is the closest return to form he's had since his earlier movies. Yeah, and also showing you a lot of the things he hasn't done before. Yeah, no, I here's that I like him. Yeah, I'm very entertained by it, but I don't look, I don't walk away from those going. That's a masterpiece mm-hmm. of like, you know, because emo- I find his movies are emotionless mm. for the most part. I, I don't get swept up emotionally in the characters. I'm interested in them. I root for them in the sense that I want to see where the story goes. But I don't get like emotionally invested in those storylines. They're I find they're very glossy and superficial that way. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I I think there's like two or three that have that have uh, squeezed tears out of me. Which ones? Well, I definitely the moment after um, after Rick Dalton does his big scene in in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and the little girl leans over to him, and in because it was and it's crazy. It's in it's in the trailer. Yeah. But then when you see it in context. It's true. It's almost like this. I compare it to uh, the Naomi Watts, Chet Everett scene in Mulholland Drive. Yeah, that's where it's a- like she does this incredible. You realize, oh, like she's an incredible actor, and does this amazing audition scene, and it felt like that. Where it's like he's kind of this, you know, he's kind of a goofball. And he's kind of a has been, and then he actually shows up and he and he delivers, and I found the lead up to that and the payoff, like I found that very moving. I find the end of, uh, uh, Kill Bill volume two, very moving, which what happens between the, the two of them yep. in their final scene. Um, yeah, de- I've definitely been moved by some, by those films. That's fair. I, I, more, I'm more always than I've been moved by the last few, like Wes Anderson movies. I've been moved by. No, anything. Wes Anderson, like after Tenenbaums, I'm the same way. He became, we, we talked about yeah. this, I think, uh, yeah. when we were making the movie. Uh, but I, I, he, it's, it's, they're dead. That to me is very mechanical. They're very mechanical. Yeah, they're they're entertaining still. Like I, I got the first time I watched Isle of Dogs, I fell asleep. Oh really? I still uh, haven't seen it. I, I rewatched it with the kids, and and I I got kick out of it. I like Fantastic Mr. Fox. That one brings draws me in. Yeah, more than the other ones have. Uh, but definitely, like Tenenbaums, I think is his. Everyone loves Rushmore. For me, Tenenbaums is like that's the that's is the, the one. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite. Wes Anderson, and then Rushmore's great, obviously. I mean, I just rewatched Royal Tenenbaums. We're not going to use any of this. Maybe you, maybe you will. Oh, I <laughs> never cut anything. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I just rewatched uh, the Royal Tenenbaums last weekend uh, with my eldest daughter because I figured that she's at eleven, so she probably could. Oh, how'd that go? Um, well, it's funny because uh, I was like, I just threw it on. I was like, well, let's watch this. I think you might like this. Like you're old enough now. Like I think you'll 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 get some of the jokes. And she kept saying, God, this comedy is so dry. <laughs> this is just... I'm like, yeah, it's funny, though. She goes, I don't know. And then, and then at the end, she says, right <laughs> the, lead, the lead up to the wedding scene, she says, if they kill this dog, I'm out. <laughs> oh, bless her. It was pretty funny, yeah. She, and, and it's also at that funny age where I think that... It, it, if you're a little older, you appreciate when a character is like a lovable asshole, like yeah. Well, but I think for she's like, ugh, this guy's a douchebag. That was her quote. What a douchebag! I know that that would be sick. That's always that fine line where I'm at with. I'm like, I think you're old enough to watch this, but but I go, I think you'll appreciate it more when you're if I older. wait just a few years. It's tricky because I was, I was. It is tricky. I had this conversation with a friend of mine after that, and and I, I was trying to to. Uh, think of movies that I you know, my my mom was always one to show me movies that were maybe like a little too old which was great um, but one that I definitely came back to and appreciated much more later on was The Graduate it probably was like in my early teens when she showed that to me and I was kind of like first of all it's maybe like not the the best movie to watch with your <laughs> with your that mom that's a weird movie to watch with your mom dude <laughs> well she just loved a lot of like 60s and 70s movies sure you know oh bless her for showing it to oh, you yeah. and it was and it was like a TV print yeah yeah, you know, yeah yeah I'm sure there were like things cut out of it and stuff but uh you know she was just telling me how funny it was and we should watch it and so yeah but I definitely didn't appreciate it till till later. Appreciate like the, the that's a very dry movie too. Yeah, and music's yeah. the same way. It's like you you'll I think like certain albums will speak to people more after they've had their heart broken. Oh hell yeah, you know. Yeah, that's, I'm almost waiting for my son to have his first heartbreak because I'm like, oh, the movies you'll appreciate after oh, that. That's it. Now we can watch Eternal Sunshine. Well, now we can, you know. Also, the characters who you you will relate to more as you get older. 
Like with yeah. the way your allegiance will shift to somebody else in, in, in the story. I can't remember. I just re- I just watched something where I realized, ugh, I feel really bad for everybody in the story. I can't, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was now, but I, I feel like we get that more as we as we grow, grow older. We, uh, you know, if the movie's good, we start seeing it through a different lens. When yeah, we I can't it. remember too. I watched uh, a movie recently with my son, and I remember like, and it was a movie. It was like a father son kind of movie, and I remember like. You know, the first time I saw it and loved it when I was a kid, and I, I was rooting, I was with the kid's point of view, but then I watched it as the dad, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is a different movie. I just wa- what? yeah, I feel like, what the hell did I see where I just was really feeling the parents? Anyway. Anyway, I, there was something like that for me, too. And but it is interesting, like, how now. great movies, like, you can you can revisit them later on in life, and they mean something different. Yeah, uh, which is which is great. You know, I just showed um, my kids on the weekend that actually was went over amazingly well was uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, great. Young have Frankenstein. You, yeah, have you showed uh, your son that yet? No, we've, they've seen uh, Spaceballs, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really... They, they, they've watched uh, the Pythons mm-hmm. and loved them, and I wasn't sure how... Uh, how Brooks's would do like I want I, they desperately want to watch Blazing Saddles yeah they have seen that no they no, desperately no. want to watch it yeah. but I'm like I don't I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I'll we'll have to have a conversation about right after. probably more so than Young Frankenstein there's a lot of dick jokes in Young Frankenstein but they're you know they're kind of stuff you would see on TV yeah also and, I'm like, their dad jokes you, right you're the king of <laughs> dick jokes <laughs> well I don't dick, know the king dick, the, the court jester maybe but I'll take it <laughs> you're the you're the mayor of Dixville Notch. um but yeah but have your kids seen the universal monster movies ever no okay that really because we've been going through my box set of universal monster movies oh i should borrow that when you're done oh you should because yeah the thing that was fun about it is they've seen pretty much all of them so they've seen frankenstein brighter frankenstein the wolfman invisible man uh you know phantom of the opera so that when you're watching Young Frankenstein, my, my older daughter's like, oh, like, I love how they actually made it look like the Wolfman in this one scene where they're riding through the, the fog and shrouded forest, like the, were, the werewolf joke. Yeah. Werewolf, werewolf. We gotta get our kids together to watch movies together. That'd be because, fun. Because they're both, like, they're both raised by nerds that show right. them stuff that most parents don't show their kids that right. young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. I know my, my younger daughter... She, I mean, she's she's nine now, but but uh, one of her favorite movies is uh, is the Black Stallion, which she wouldn't. She watched when she was like I don't know, like six or something, maybe younger, and she just like fell in love with. Even though there's that, you watched it, right? Yeah. And you, have your kids seen that? No, they haven't. It's on our list of. Uh, we do this thing in our family where uh, everyone writes down four movies. Yeah. We yeah. used to fight over movies, right? Okay, yeah. Everyone has to write down four movies on a piece of paper, and we put them in a hat. And that way, every time we go to watch a movie as a family, oh, that's great. we have to pull it out. So oh, that's that way, great. And, and you can't. And if you complain over someone's choice, you, you, lose. you lose one of yours out of the hat. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and uh, and so because it was, it became because we were doing turns. Yeah. But then whenever we got to someone's turn, and my son didn't want, especially my son was complaining. Uh, but this, <laughs> it's this, always one of the kids. This helped eliminate it. Yeah. Because the idea being, you might get three turns in a row, but then yeah. you won't get a turn for like a month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but that, that's been, so that, that's on our current, that's in the hat right now of Black Stallion. Oh, that's great. Yeah, well, it's, I think it'll probably go over well, even though, I mean, I remember watching it as a kid, and... It's, thinking, animal movies are tough with my daughter if anything bad happens to the animal. We oh, watched, we watched War Horse, and that was a whole... Oh, God, I'm sure. That that's was a, a tough one. That was a real roller coaster ride for me yeah, yeah, that yeah. night, putting oh, her to bed. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know, that is a big thing I've, I've dealt with, like, like, this whole, like... If the if the dog leaves, I'm I'm leaving. Scenario has happened more than once. Yeah. If the, if this animal dies, I'm out. You know, I'm sure that I'm sure the scene with the cat in this movie uh, <laughs> would have elicited a similar response. Here's the, here's the thing about that, that coming. Uh, yeah, we're gonna record. Let's let's good. bring him right back again. This is good. I honestly had no idea how that was gonna go. Me too. I'm like, this is the kind of movie where I believe you might kill the cat. Yeah, I was, th- <laughs> I was thinking that. Like, I thought that maybe the guillotine would fall and you'd see, like, blood hit the wall or yeah, something. Yeah, that would not have shocked me. No, but I thought it was a real... That was one of the one of the great reveals of the movie. I thought that was very clever. 
Yeah, of the secret lair? Yeah, it was great. It was Very really smart. fun. Yeah, the, your, the guillotine is the elevator. Like, that's really, like, that's genuinely inventive. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really that great. That was fun. That was really fun. Um, John Saxon, he, I, I kept wanting to say this to you when we were watching it, but he, he kind of reminded me of, like, Zac Efron in a weird way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, he just, there's something about his face, and he's very young in this film. I know him more as an older character actor, but he has this kind of, I don't know, he'd be like Zac Efron's, like, wise guy older brother or something. There's this... I like it. Yeah. Sure. He's got a great quality in do, this. Do a remake and cast Zac Efron. I'd <laughs> watch be, that. I the, love Zac Efron. Give him the weird, give him, like, the weird hair piece that I think John oh, Saxon's wearing in this. Efron would be into it. Yeah. He probably would be. Yeah, he would love it. I could it. totally see him pulling that off, though. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Enter the Dragon? Um, I'm I'm glad I finally saw it. I'm really glad I saw it with you. I think this is a beautiful... It's a beautiful print yeah. of it. I kept thinking, like, this looks... Cinematography-wise, has a really great, you know... Uh, um, not all the time, but a lot of the time has a really great sort of... Uh, 70s look to it. It has a nice grip, but also there's the colors there. The colors there, like the reds are very rich, and especially the stuff that feels very documentary style, like when they're when they're traveling to the island or they're in, they're in the city, and uh, that stuff looks really great. I mean, yeah, you get to, when you once you get sort of these you know unimpregnable fortresses, it does sort of like look more like a James Bond. Knockout. Well, then you're in studio world. You're right? in studio world. I mean, there's that really great shot where he's they're panning across and you see all these guys that are fighting at the same time, which of course now would just be like, a, you know, there'd be like five real guys and the rest would be all CGI. Yeah. And that's the amazing thing too. Like that final, that end sequence when everyone oh, is fighting. Oh, they're all really fighting. They're all really fighting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. That's really cool. Like, I don't know. I want, I'd love to know more about, I'm almost sorry we're not getting to watch the, the doc together because there's lots of I, a lot of questions I have now about how they made this movie. Yeah, I think of that when I, when I see something like that, I think of like that scene in Seven Samurai when it's raining and all the horses and they're just stabbing like some horse died in the scene. There's no way right. one of these horses didn't die and they how just the the chaos of having to do that for real. I mean, some of the very stuff impressive due to the horses was crazy. Right? Yeah. Like the stuff where they drill the hole through the horse's hoof and have a oh, string fuck. in that. You can't even... Uh, and, oh, it's just insane. Yeah, there's no shortage of what you can't achieve on cinema if you don't give a fuck about yeah, it. Yeah, right. You, but, but, you know, sentient life. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, boy. Ugh. But, uh, but hey, I, no, I'm glad. I mean, what about you? Are you glad you finally saw it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to kind of, like, continue to dive through it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, this one in particular... I wanted to watch with somebody else. Oh, great! So, and I'm and I'm super glad it was you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, no, it was great to watch it with you too. And um, you know, because we get it. Like, I think I think we're coming from the same place where it's like, oh, I can see what this is borrowing from, and I can kind of see where this has been spoofed, and I see where this has been, you know, taken to another another level by somebody else. But you don't get to go there unless you have this. No, you can. I think we, we can. Where other people, I think, might not appreciate it for what it is. Uh, we can definitely see where you know how yeah. this is the origin story of so many, so many franchises and movies that we we love now. Uh, they all were dead here. Absolutely. Well, thanks, buddy. Thank you. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. So I just finished Game of Death. I got to be honest. I feel pretty stupid. For not knowing that Bruce Lee died before Enter the Dragon was released. I didn't realize how close those events were. And so this final film, uh, Game of Death, is an even more bizarre film. Because it was technically made after he died. And he's the star of it. Digging into it, it looks like he had actually shot 30 minutes of footage for Game of Death before Enter the Dragon. It was meant to be this reflection on his feelings and thoughts on his martial arts practice and experience. And all the different fights he has at the end are meant to represent different levels. I think there's supposed to be five levels. Uh, apparently, they only shot three or four of them. So the filmmakers had this this 30 minutes to draw from, and then they had to cobble together a movie around it, which is what we see, which is, explains why we have scenes of him in disguise and a beard, etc. Because they're using a body double and a lookalike for a lot of those things. It, it also makes sense why they're reusing a lot of footage from the other films. 
While I was watching, I kept thinking that the film just feels like one big, long fight scene, which makes sense now knowing that that's the sort of footage that they did have to work with to cobble together. Uh, it also explains why someone else clearly dubbed over Bruce Lee's voice, and it's not him doing his own dubbing. It's not a terrible film by any means. The martial arts is on point and super strong, but it definitely helps to grade it on a bit of a curve, knowing what was going on behind the scenes. Uh, and then I'm not going to really get into the details of it, but after uh, there's also on the Criterion box set, there's the Game of Death 2, which also features footage from Bruce Lee and is made years later again, uh, almost 10 years after his death. So, um, but apparently this is a thing. They were they were uh, using sound-alike names and look-alike actors to try to like keep on peddling films as if Bruce Lee was in them for years after his death, which is a pretty... Shitty thing to do. Anyway, uh, Game of Death 2 is equally bizarre and crazy. And uh, and I, I had a hard time getting through it, to be honest with you. It's definitely... <laughs> the films diminish after Enter the Dragon, for sure. So yeah, I'm glad I finally, finally watched through these Bruce Lee movies. Uh, I dug them for the most part. I still prefer Jackie Chan over Bruce Lee for my own personal liking. But I'm glad I finally got around to checking out these films and uh, and celebrating this man's very short legacy in film. So yeah, if you're, you're a fan of Bruce Lee, I strongly recommend checking out this box set. It's, it's packed with, with extras and bonus features that you will, will enjoy pouring over. So thanks for joining me for this second part of the Bruce Lee collection. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter, at Lon Jeremy, and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.